0: you may be seated. Brother Bryce, it's good to see you back tonight. Good to see you doing better. You look good. You look like you feel better. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, God is a prayer answering God. I'm going to read a few scriptures for you here. We're going to teach on the, the, the topic tonight is uh, that I want to use is simply On Purpose. That will be our title, On Purpose. Uh, Psalms, the book of Psalms 118, you don't need to stand necessarily, we'll be reading a few different scriptures tonight. While you're turning there, I want to read a little bit of uh, from a book, a uh, very good book written by Brother Arrowwood, it's a book of sermons called You Matter to God, this is, I don't know, chapter 2 or 3, uh, that I want to share with you. and this title, the title of this chapter is A Mistake to Avoid. He writes, Mistaken Point is a literal place located on the southeastern coast of Newfoundland. Many a ship has been destroyed in the typically foggy weather of the region because sailors sometimes assumed they had reached Cape Race, and so, according to the charts, they should turn north. Wrong. For in turning north they sailed immediately onto treacherous rocks. As regarding the name, the tale goes that when one particular ship captain wrongly assumed the point was Cape Race and turned his ship north as he peered through the dense fog and suddenly saw rocks projecting out of the water, he proclaimed to the officers on deck, well that was a mistake. And so The locals appropriately called the area Mistaken Point. There's another interesting occurrence at Mistaken Point. In this area, over time, the receding water and crashing waves exposed abundant layers of fossils that were discovered in the latter 1900s. These types of fossils are rarely found elsewhere. Here they are numerous. We who believe in God marvel at his creation Intrigued by the minute details. But those who do not believe in God of creation and who believe in evolution, that all life happened by chance over millions of years, they say that this discovery offers answers to deep mysteries of evolution. These fossils of small centimeter size critters are said by evolutionists to be between 560 to 580 million years old. They are assumed to be a giant leap from the 3 billion year period when they believe the evolutionary stage was dominated by microbes, organisms too small to be seen without a microscope. Uh, They say this is when life got big. When microscopic life evolved into tiny squiggly creatures. They further claim that in the n- next stage of the evolutionary process, critters got bigger and more complex, and eventually animals evolved. Then some four to eight million years ago, the lineage of humans split from the chimpanzee lineage, and over the last few million years, humans evolved, and they used the discovery at mistaken point to support their theory. He says, I want to go on record with the old sea captain who proclaimed, well, that was a mistake. Man did not evolve from the animal world. And quoting my high school psychology teacher, I offer this explanation. Where there is a creation, there must be a creator. Consider if we simply evolved, we are meaningless creatures on a meaningless journey with no purpose. Not so. We did not accidentally happen. We were purposefully created by an all-knowing God with a plan for humankind. He created us with a mind that can invent and we have a memory that can store indefinitely and connect all the stored knowledge with purpose. Just look around you at what humankind has done. You, you might say, well, computers can do that, but no, computers can only do what the designer creates them to do. But we humans go beyond what we see. We have the ability to feel emotion, to enjoy pleasure, to reason, and to create friendships. This did not happen by chance. There is a master designer. There is a creator, an intelligent planner, and sustainer of the entire universe. Can you say amen to that? the book of Psalms chapter 118 verse 24 says, this is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Revelation the fourth chapter and verse number 11 and if you want to turn in your Bibles I'll give you time to do that. I know in this day of tablets and all of this i sometimes I just rush to my next scripture screens and all that, but if you brought your Bible and you want to flip to it that's sometimes that's good. kind of keep those biblical fingers nimble right <laughs> Sometimes I pick up my physical Bible, I try to read out of it every day, but sometimes I used to be pretty good at sword drills now I think i'd have to i'd have my sword drills used to look like this, you know, and now they would look like. <laughs> times have changed (laughs) I still know where it is I just have to get there a different way Revelation 4 verse 11 thou hast created all things everybody say all things and for thy pleasure speaking to the Lord for thy pleasure they are and were created then Psalms 37 verse 23 Oh, by the way, that for thy pleasure they are and were created means by your will they exist. Psalm 37, 23. The psalmist says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his ways. Let me go back to that first scripture now that you got there to the last one. (laughs) Let me go back to the first one and talk about this a little bit. This is the day you might wonder how that ties into our topic tonight. But let me let me say this: this is the day that the Lord hath made, must be the predicating premise upon which you live the rest of your life. In other words, it's we use the word paradigm, or I would say the settled self discussion that you have settled. You're not toggling between, is there a God or is there not a God, or did we come from chimpanzees? I was glad to hear the snickers, by the way, whenever I talked about that. So that's almost as good as a good hearty amen when you're talking about evolution. Um, you're not, you're not debating in your mind, is there a God or not? Did we come from animals or not? Is there a Creator or not? But, but you have arrived in your spirit and in your mind and, and you're, you're settled on this, this predicating premise that this is the day. When you, when you say this is the day that the Lord hath made, what you are saying, if you, if you, if you chime along with the psalmist, what you're really saying is this day, Think about what the day means. This day, not just the time frame of 24 hours, not just the sun rising, but the very sun that is rising. He made that. Not just the uh, the clock that's ticking away, second after second, but the very element of time. I mean, if you think about what time is, it's not a it's not something on your wrist. It's it's traveled. Sp- <laughs> travel through space it's traveled distance through space all we are doing on our watches is is chronicling what's going on in space we are spinning around a sun and we're rotating on an axis and somebody got uh, figured out the synchronicity of it all and said well we can measure that and so we're able to man that blows me away too but god made all of that God made all of the synchronicity of the planets and the way they rotate. Have you ever thought about it? We rotate at just the right speed and and then we we revolve at just the right speed and we're at just the right distance and somebody's going to tell me all of that just happened and then we just happened to spring out of a monkey one day. Well, you, you might have a monkey brain to try to tell me that, but I got enough sense to know that if I find an iPhone laying somewhere that somebody made that iPhone, That didn't just happen after millions of years. And if an iPhone can't just happen, then folks, take a look at you and I. We've got, man, we've got mechanics in us. We've got a muscle that pumps fluid through pipes think of that that keeps us alive oxygen flows through your body through pipes i mean i'm talking about your arteries and your veins and, and and god made those and he made the heart that beats and pumps the blood and the brain that is allowing you to even understand what i'm saying to you the ears and the eardrums that are receiving the sound waves and then your brain I, don't, I, I can't talk about that very long. It blows me away. Your eyeballs with the lenses and, and all of the, that takes in the sight. And somebody's going to say, that just happened. It just happened. There's nobody that created all that. That just happened. No. Somebody designed all of this. So the day when he says, this is the day, he really means everything in this day. You and me and the sun and the sky and, and everything that happens in this day. This is the day that the Lord hath made. It's settled. I, I base all of my life's decisions on this is the day that the Lord has made. I live the way I live. I think the way I think. I pray every day because I believe that this is the day that the Lord hath made made. I am here tonight on a Wednesday night in the middle of the week. Come on, when you could have been any other place right now doing a whole lot of other things, you came to the house of the Lord. Why? Because you believe in your mind and in your heart and in your spirit that this is the day that the Lord hath made. It's all His. And for His pleasure, He created it. By His will He created it, John says in Revelation. And then, the, the, and then if, we, if we agree that this is the day that the Lord hath made, and that is our predicating premise, that's our paradigm upon which we, we measure life and live life and, and, and contemplate life, then, and it's settled in our minds, then we can go to the next part of that scripture when He says, we will rejoice and be glad in it notice there are no qualifiers there are no contingencies no conditional phrases there he did not say this is the day the lord has made and as long as everything goes well i will rejoice not there as long as i feel good in my body today i'm gonna try my best no that's not there either As long as I have, you know, my my job goes well and the bills are paid and the kids are all acting like they got half a brain for a change. And, you know, my wife is getting along with me and my husband's getting along with me. Boss is acting right and dog's not sick. And, you know, we go through all the, as long, then I might be able to read. I'll just wait till about noon, see how things are going. I might get my rejoicing on but I believe the psalmist said this when he rose up in the morning and looked out at the daylight and said this is the day that the Lord has made I don't know what I'm going to encounter in this day but I know whatever I encounter this day is one that God has made and I'm just going to go ahead and make this declarative statement that I will Rejoice. Whatever comes my way, I will rejoice. If it's good or if it's bad, if it's up or if it's down, if I'm well or if I'm sick, it is the day the Lord has made. So I will rejoice when you make up your mind this is the day this is the day god is the creator god made this god made me god made by the way while we're talking about this why don't we just just play this on out i mean not just the sun not just the sky not just the time uh not not just the the, the synchronicity of it all not just the beauty of the day not just, not even just your events but those People that you're maybe waiting to see how they act today before you decide to rejoice. He made those people too. He made those people. Now, here's what I'm trying to get across to us tonight. Either, either the evolutionists are right. And if they are right, and all of this somehow just bam, bang, billions of years ago, whatever they believe and then after millions of years, this happened. And after millions of years, that happened. Millions of years, this happened. Then after billions of years, we were monkeys. And then after millions of years, we, here we are now. We're able to love and relate and think and contemplate and reflect and change our ways and overcome. If, 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 they, are tr- if they are accurate in all of that, then all of this is meaningless. I mean life. Life. Is meaningless it is purposeless we are if they're right we are just aimlessly walking along everything's arbitrary why does it matter why does it matter if I'm nice to you or not if I just came from a monkey anyway I mean monkeys aren't very nice to each other you ever see some of their behaviors they're crazy so why should I worry about being nice to people if I don't feel like being nice to people? Why should I follow any kind of ethics yeah. Yeah. if nobody's looking? Why don't I do what makes me feel good? Well, let's let's explore that a little bit. Go go to Romans one. Uh-huh, you know where we're going, don't you? Yeah. Because that is what happened to some people. Uh, where we want to go. Let's go down to verse 16. For context's sake. Paul says. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God. Unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To who? To everyone that what? There we go. To the Jew first. And also to the Greek. So here's, here's this uh we have to establish that Paul is talking about everyone that believeth. It is, it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. If you don't believe, the power of the gospel is of no effect. Right? Right, right? You know, you'll get vitamin D from the sun if you go out and expose yourself to it. But if you stay inside, you won't get the vitamin D effect god is real and the sun is there by the way whether you take advantage of the rays or not the sun is there and it's real and it's hot and it's wonderful and it's glorious and whether you want to go out and expose your avail yourself i should say expose is not a good word i guess (laughs) some people do that (laughs) avail yourself of it i should say um whether you do or not it's there and there will be people out there that say "I, i I'm going to get vitamin D. I'm going to get a little sun on my skin. I'm going to get out here in the warmth of it. And others might just stay inside and never avail themselves of it. Well, the same is true with God. God is real whether you admit it or not, whether you confess it or not, whether you believe it or not. And the power of the gospel will save us if we believe. You can stay inside and not avail yourself of it, or you can come out and avail yourself of the sun. Okay, I can't do this on every scripture. We'll never get through this. Let's move on. Verse uh, 17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth, that word hold means to suppress, who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them for God hath showed it unto them. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to just expound on that a little bit. What I believe this means, and uh, depends on what commentary you might look at. There's not not hugely varying thoughts, but a little bit. But I do believe this. I believe that what Paul is saying here, what the Word of God is saying to us is that, <clears throat> uh, let's see, what verse were we in, 19? Uh, so, yes, so he says, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. Now, what he's saying here is that in every every human being that is able to reason, there's an innate ability for us to recognize God. I'm going to tell you that to, to believe in evolution, you have to override the wiring that God has put in you god has wired us it's in us let's read on it'll explain a little more in 20. for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world invisible things means the spiritual things and maybe even maybe even other things other than spiritual things like your ability to reason and uh and love you know those kind of things the intangibles he says for the invisible things of him uh, from god from the creation of the world are clearly seen Being understood by the things that are made, even his external power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So what Paul says here is that in us is this uh, innate ability to recognize God by never hearing a sermon preached. Never sitting in a Holy Ghost service. Just by growing old enough from a baby, old enough to understand that, have that wow moment. That, this is awe-inspiring. I can remember, well, I shouldn't, I don't remember the exact time, but I do remember times in my life where I had these incredulous moments where like, you mean some people don't believe in God? God. I remember the first time I ever heard about homosexuality as a child. It just, I said, like, you know, <laughs> I was at that age where dad's like, "We'll have that talk," you know. Was just, but I just it could not wrap my mind around a man with a man and a woman wanting to be with a woman. I just could because that goes. We have to override what God has put in us to embrace um, to embrace evolution. We have to we have to go get. Basically, what Paul is saying here is that if we just use our natural senses, look at look at the human body, and you know somebody put this together. Then then look at the sun and the moon and the stars and the and and the and the planets and 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 all of these things we've already discussed tonight. And you've got to say somebody something is bigger than you and I. And you've got and and, and so he says. The invisible things of him from the creation of the world, they're clearly seen, being understood by the, the things that are made, the, the things that are created. You can look at these things, and it, and it pulls us in by studying the visible things, okay? So if I look at, at the human body and say, wow, eyeballs, ears, I don't have to go any farther than that to be blown away and know somebody created that but we could go on and talk about the heart and the digestive system and your muscles and your tendons, and all these are connected to the brain and the neurons and the nerves. and and, and, Oh, my Lord. Wow, Lord. (laughs) Right? Then I have to think, okay, then that pulls me from the natural visible to the invisible. I want to find out more about this one who created it. You didn't do it. You didn't do it. The doctor didn't do it. The scientist didn't do it the uh the, the professor at the college telling me i come from a monkey he didn't do it nobody i can see did this so what makes me tick what makes you tick why am i here why and then you go into the invisible things that's why we cannot we cannot attain unto these things Without faith. Paul keeps qualifying that. This is by faith. Those who believe. Those who believe. Those who have faith. Those who have faith. Those who believe. If you don't. You will get stuck in the ridiculous. And. Here's where I want to get to. So. Guess what God does. God does not kick. Or thrust anyone. Into confessing. His existence his deity he does not he will pull he will draw he will love but he will not shove you into you, you the only time we will be forced to our knees and we will be forced to confess it's on that day and it's when it's too late the Bible says every knee's gonna bow, every tongue's gonna to confess, but I don't even think then it's gonna be because God's sending his angels to force him. They're just gonna, when you get in that, when you're there in the raw presence, Hallelujah. you're gonna do what your knees were made to do. You're gonna fall down on your knees. You're gonna do what your tongue was made to do. You're gonna confess that he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. One of these days that will happen to every single human being. But right now, no right now it's up to you right now it's your decision amen but Paul is saying it's in us to understand it it's in us so that we're not we are without excuse you can't say someday well I don't I had no chance nobody ever told me how could I believe in God no I never heard a sermon God's gonna he's gonna say you were the sermon Your eyeballs were the sermon. Your eardrums were the sermon. Your body was the sermon. The sun, the heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day they utter speech. You didn't need a preacher to start walking by faith. Now, you need a preacher, yes. You need a preacher to help you get to that part of salvation, but to just acknowledge, oh, God, I need you. You don't have to have a sermon. You have to make up your mind. You're going to receive, you're going to, you're going to believe in the Lord, or you're going to reject the Lord. Okay? So, he says, they're without excuse those who deny him. Because that when they knew God. Now, what does that mean? Not a relationship with God. It simply means when they got to that moment where they said, okay, I got to decide what to do with this knowledge. What do I do with uh, knowing in me that there's something bigger than you and I? What do I do with that? So,. <clears throat> When they, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. They shoved him out of their thinking. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. Futile, that means, in their imaginations, in their thoughts. And their foolish heart was darkened. The light that they did have, this is scary stuff. Denying God is, is, if you know somebody that's, if you, listen, I would rather be serving God and struggling than to be on that precipice where I'm deciding whether or not to believe in God or not. Because if if you've got somebody in your life that they're deciding whether they believe in God or not, you better pray, you better fast, you better fast, you better pray, you better get some people to help you. They're in a dangerous position there. Um... The Bible says that even that light that was there, we could say it was extinguished because their, the foolish, their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise. Have you ever noticed how the evolutionists look down their nose at we creationists as though we are fools? They professed themselves to be wise. I, I think it's interesting the word profess is there. Some of you get what I'm saying there professors they are them professing themselves to be wise they became fools now i hope you don't ever misunderstand me when i say this kind of stuff i i believe in education i really do i think we need to get them i I think we need to get educations to function and get jobs and all all those kind of things but just going to the universities for going to a university's sake is dangerous and we have people that are professional students. That's all they're ever going to do. They go from one university to the next to the next. And they sit in these lecture halls and listen to professors professing themselves to be wise who are just downright foolish sometimes. Right, right, you know, tell me what I need to know how to, to make a living. Tell me what I need to know how to, you know, how to learn, how to all these things. But don't, don't stand there and tell me I came from a monkey. You just lost all credibility with me. Don't tell me that my life has no meaning. Don't tell me that I'm not that I'm not gonna stand before a God someday. Don't tell me that I wasn't created with a purpose. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible men and to birds and <clears throat> four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Now, this is what happens when God finally says, Okay, even that light that I put in you, you rejected it, it goes out. They, we, we spiral off into this debauchery. It says that um, God, verse 24, gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me very carefully. You do not ever want to be at the mercy of the lust of your own heart. I thank God every day that this supernatural spiritual aspect of my life pulls me away from the lust of my heart. Oh, I'd be a mess. You'd be a mess. And those that are in this condition are a mess. God gave them up to uncleanness, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of, God's, uh, of God into a lie. They worshiped and served the creature more than the creator. Think of that. Rather than the creator, they, served, they, they, they worshiped and served the creator. The, the creature uh, who, who is blessed forever amen for this cause God gave them up unto vile affections for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature and likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another men with men working that which is unseemly And receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meet, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. There it is. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Um, I, I will say, I think sometimes we make this a little more mystical than it is. This whole reprobate mind. Um, I I don't know how many people I've had asked me before, is my son, does he have a reprobate mind? Does so and so have a reprobate mind? And I don't think Paul put this in here so we could try to figure out who's been turned over to a reprobate mind. I think he's just describing what happens when we are left to our own devices without the direction of God's spirit. Uh, Our our moral compass goes out, our conscience deadens, the, 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 the Lord dealing with us is squelched then this is what happens, it's just a, a reprobate mind, means debased, it's just a debased mind. And you do things that are unseemly and ungodly and are, um, are, are uh, an abomination to God. These are, uh, some of these things are listed in the Bible as abominations to God. And so I don't know if we're trying to figure it out because we feel like that once they're of a reprobate mind, they're irretrievable, but that's not in here either. So I don't know why we spend so much time trying to figure out who has a reprobate mind and who doesn't. Let me say this: if they're in sin, they need prayer. <laughs> they <just> need prayer. <laughs> I don't care if they're right outside the gate of the church or they're way out there doing all kinds of stuff. They all need prayer because when Jesus comes, come on. Amen. See, I know. I know. In time, sin has different levels and different uh, payments and different punishments. But when we get in eternity, sin is sin. You're going you to go to hell for stealing a piece of bubble gum just like you would for shooting somebody. I know that's hard for us to process, but. Sin not covered by the blood is sin. That's That's good preaching right there, by the way. (coughs) (coughs) Pardon me. uh, 29. No, stay on 28. So they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not... Uh, which are not convenient or they're not fitting these these things are not fitting this is not what we were made to do being filled with all unrighteousness fornication, wickedness, covetousness maliciousness, full of envy murder, debate deceit, malignity, whisperers backbiters, haters of God despiteful, see we talk about the homosexuality in this chapter but this is all here despiteful proud, wow you're in the same chapter (laughs) That other stuff. Oh, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. This all comes from when we will not retain God in our knowledge. We don't build on what God has shown us without understanding their covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do these things, but they have pleasure in them that do them. Okay, so I wanted to to read that just to um, maybe just to juxtapose what my point is tonight, which is we have a purpose. We're created with a purpose in God's mind. We are part of his creation. And when he got to us, he did not say, let there be. He formed man out of the dust. He did not say, now breathe. He breathed into him. Unlike any other living creature, the Bible says, became a living soul. That's us. We're living souls. So, purposeful. Not, not, uh, not just wandering through life. Not without, without a point. Not random, not arbitrary. But purpose. When the psalmist says, "This is the day that the Lord has made," what he's really doing is ordering his day. He is saying, "Before I do anything else." I'm going to remind myself, and I'm going to stand here flat-footed and declare, Devil, whatever you throw at me today, uh, you got this, this, the the deck is stacked against you because everything you throw my way, you're throwing it at me in a day that the Lord has made. Whatever I encounter today, whatever the doctor tells me, whatever the boss does, whatever those people... It's all going to happen in a day that the Lord hath made. So in it all. That's why the Bible says things like uh, you can rejoice evermore. Even, yep, even then. In everything, give praise. What? You can do that if your predicating premise is this is the day the Lord has made. Won't always be good news, but it will be the day the Lord has made. Won't always be what you wanted to hear, but it'll, be, it'll have happened in the day that the Lord has made. So I've already made up my mind. Whatever happens, I'm going to just choose to rejoice and be glad in it. If the day is His and everything in it, then I'm His too. And anything that comes my way, He's permitted it some reason or another to come my way. And I was created for His pleasure and His glory, not mine. You are created for His glory, not yours. and we are messed up in 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 the religious world we are messed up because we've got pastors and preachers preaching happiness messages and prosperity messages and if you ain't happy then this or that must be wrong you ain't rich then this or that must be wrong there is nothing in that bible that tells you you're going to be happy all the time this is not about happy this is about being content and contentment has to do with the spirit not your flesh your flesh will be grieved sometimes tell me try to go on a three-day fast and talk to me about happy Hey, let somebody hit you on the right cheek and turn the other and talk to me about it. happy. Right, right. Yeah. Let somebody take your coat and you say, take my coat too and talk to me about happy. This life is not all about being happy. When you fast, you don't feel happy. When you lose somebody, you don't feel happy. When you go through the valley, we Don't always feel happy. Our rejoicing and our dancing and our worship and our praise is not some emotional high. It is an understanding that I may be in the valley, but this is the valley that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad. It watch me dance in the middle of my problem. Watch me dance in the middle of my valley. Watch me rejoice in. The Lord, not because I'm happy, but because He deserves the glory. It's about giving God glory. And and by the way, by the way, you will give glory one direction or another. You'll either glorify yourself or you'll glorify the devil or you'll glorify the world or you'll glorify other people or you'll glorify God. In every situation. Let me break that down for you a little bit. When the boss says, sorry, can't use you anymore. COVID, you know, laid off. You can leave that job site and say, that no good. I never liked him anyway. He's no He just out to get me. Go ahead. Glorify the problem. And see what you get. You know why you did that? Because your day was not predicated on the premise that this is the day that the Lord has made you think it's just random you think you lost your job oh I wouldn't accuse you of being an evolutionist I know you don't believe in evolution but you believe in randomness sometimes. You just believe everything's random. Everything, just, everything. I don't know what's going to happen today. God doesn't know what's going. You think God? Even if you believe in creation, you think God just wound this thing up at the beginning and turned it loose, and we're all just out there, just everybody just doing their own thing, bumping into stuff. Every once in a while, we accidentally find a nut, you know, and we're happy for a day or two. Come on. And, he's, and I'm not saying he's a puppet master pulling the strings either. I'm simply saying he made you for a purpose. He has wills for us. He has roads and paths for us. And, and sometimes they don't always take us where we want them to take us, but the, the steps of a good man. Oh, not the steps of a happy man. And <laughs> not always. If you want happy, you've got to find a different place for that. That's not in the Bible. Not, not always. Not, well, I'm not saying we always, we're, we never are happy. I'm just saying that's not what this life is. He didn't die on the cross so we could be happy. Right, right, he right. died so we could be saved, right. so we could fulfill our kingdom right. purpose. Yes. You with me here? Yes, yes, yes. This is deeper than what you're going to get in a football stadium church. Okay? <laughs> that's why I can't. I wouldn't sell any books. I wouldn't retire on books. Because this isn't popular reading. This is not popular, these aren't popular sermons to tell somebody you're made for God's glory and it won't always be easy and sometimes you'll shed tears but you can still rejoice because this is the day the Lord is made. I will rejoice and be glad. And the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord and he delights in his way. You know what that means? That means the Lord takes pleasure in a good man's way. He smiled at Job smiled upon Job, smiled about Job, looked at the devil and said, I'm smiling about my man Job. And the devil said, yeah, let him go through some rough patches. God never stopped smiling about Job because Job understood, oh, you know what? He had some, don't give me, he had some rough days. He wasn't always happy. I've been reading my way through Job lately. I was reminded how unhappy he was. I just made it through that book. (laughs) I always smile when I read the phrase, miserable comforters. It still makes me smile. He had some days where he didn't get it all right. He didn't say it right. And, you know, but he never lost his way. And he, he still, he was a good man. And his steps were ordered of the Lord. And he, he made his way. And God smiled on him. He, he maintained his integrity. Somebody say amen. I got to wrap this thing up here. Okay, so um, Galatians 5. This will be in my closing, okay? This is closing. I'm already at the time where I thought I would be closing. So let me just landing gears out and get your trays back in their upright position and all that stuff. Turn off your electronic devices. <laughs> and we're going to land this plane. But the fruit of the Spirit. We talked about this two weeks ago. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness. That means kindness, goodness. That means you're good to people, good to people. Faith, and that means there, it means that you're faithful. Okay? Meekness, temperance. I got a question. I got a question for you. Inspect your fruit. I know that's not a question, but I have a question coming. (laughs) Inspect your fruit. That's just a phrase I felt the Lord tell. I felt like the Lord told me to tell you. So first of all, inspect. Look at it. Judge it. Oh, we're not supposed to judge. No don't judge everybody else but you better judge yourself you better you better judge your fruit inspect look at how am I doing your fruit not I know we're good fruit inspectors of other people's fruit and I know we can go. We can come in the pastor's office and spend three hours telling, well, she did this and he did that and they do this and they do that and they do that. but well, how about you? What do you need to change? Oh, well, I, I only, I only need about five seconds of your time for that, pastor. I really don't. You know, I, I probably could be a little more. Uh, I, I could probably be a little more. Uh, well, I could, I could probably spend a little more of my time helping other people that need to do better. You know. No, inspect your how am I doing that's why the first part of my prayer time is uh, after I get I enter with thanksgiving and praise and I thank God and I I spend a little bit of time repenting over anything I need to repent over and Man, I, and then I just start going into inspection mode. Lord, how am I doing? Because I, I, I haven't been called to inspect your fruit. I've been called to inspect my fruit, and I have to look at the Scripture, and I have to do it routinely. I have to do it every day. I really do. We should open our Bibles to this Scripture every day. Lord, how am I doing? How am I doing on the, in the love part? How am I doing here? I, I know how everybody else is doing. I never feel loved enough. Get over yourself. That's not what this is about. How am I doing in the love department? How about How gentle are you with other people? I know you can rip everybody if you want to, but that's not what you've been called to do. That's not fruit. How, how's your fruit? Meekness. How, how are you in the And so here's my question. That's the, that's the statement. Here's the question. Um, do you have it? Do you have the fruit of the spirit? manifested in your life that's part one i got part two if not why why don't answer here don't interrupt a good bible study to answer this question we don't have time but you take this home and deal with this in prayer Open your Bible to Galatians 5:22 and 23, and ask the Lord. And be honest with yourself. By the way, I know how we do those self-evaluations sometimes. Yeah, I'm doing pretty good there. Be honest if you're not. It'll be telling. You know what'll happen? You start reading that about yourself. What happens? We read that about others. We think, yeah, so and so needs to get this, and so and so. Some of you are thinking right now, so and so should be here for this Bible study. The, let me, the ones that need it, they're right here, right now, and watching. <laughs> Amen. So be honest with yourself. How am I doing here? How, and what will happen as you start looking at that list, there will be things come to your mind where you weren't so gentle. There will be things come to your mind where you weren't so loving. Because when we're honest with ourselves, the Lord will show us. We, we spend time saying, God, I want to draw closer. I want to be more like you. Then we hop up and leave. He's like, well, that's nice to know. Let me know if you want some help in that. Huh? Because it's not just a little prayer we throw out there, Lord. I want to be more like you, God. I want to draw closer to you, and then get up and go on doing what we've been doing. Stop. Close your mouth. Let the Lord speak to you. You got the Holy Ghost. The Spirit will speak to you, and and the Spirit might say, you know, you're doing pretty good in that love part, but that that meekness part, you really stink at that. <laughs> you're not very kind, and you're you're not you're not very long suffering with people, and you know. I'm talking about me here. I'm talking about the Lord deals with me and shows me things. So my I spend a little bit of time with the Lord about that. God uh, is the fruit of the Spirit in my life, and if not, why not? And I'm going to tell you this. It goes back to the paradigm I was speaking about a while ago. Ordering my day ordering, Understanding I'm here for a purpose When I received the Holy Ghost I got the Holy Ghost for a reason I got the Holy Ghost for a purpose The Lord filled me with the Holy Ghost Go ahead to uh, What's the next verse And they that are Christ's Have crucified the flesh With the affections and lusts So can I just get real deep here for a minute Can I dig around just a minute and Make you uncomfortable a little bit here he said, Brother Hawkins, you've already been doing, oh, I ain't started yet. How accountable are we spiritually? How accountable are we spiritually? I mean to, to committing ourselves to be more spiritual and less carnal. Less like me, more like the Lord. How committed are we? And how accountable. Are you are you brave enough? And humble enough to ask somebody close to you that might tell you, How am I doing in this fruit of the spirit thing? All right. Maybe maybe we need to be more accountable in some of these things. I mean, we're real fast if somebody has a moral failure, they need to be accountable. They mess up with pornography or fornication or something, they need to be accountable. They need accountability. They do. But what about just our spiritual lives? You men of God in this church, you preachers in this church, you leaders in this church, you know me well enough to know I expect you to be spiritual people and to pray. And if you're not praying, you've got to pray. I tell them that when we meet. And if you're, I assume you're praying, and if you're not praying, you've got to get into, you've got to be spiritual. We don't like to talk, well, that's just between them and the Lord. Well, why would I trust men in this pulpit that I don't think are praying? It's accountability. And let me say this too. The board members that we have in this church, Gary A. Lott and, and Ed Bunch and Claire May Axum, if I thought they were a prayerless bunch, next time their names came up for election, I'd say, I don't want them. I don't want decisions for the church made by carnal people. No fruit of the spirit. I take great comfort in knowing that there's a spiritual people. When I went to you the other day, brother, about that, the devil was messing with me about this, you know, I I had sticker shock about our building. And and I I went to the trustee and this man is so prayerful and spiritual. Brother Bunch didn't even hesitate. He said, Brother Hawkins, this is the kingdom of God. This is his building. This is his church. And God knows we need this thing. And I said, Amen, brother. Let's move on. We're going to do this thing. It's God's kingdom. It's God. This is the day the Lord has made. It's his church so we got to be spiritual and not carnal carnality will hold us back it'll push us down and they that are christ have crucified the flesh with all the lust and the affections of it so i ask you how are you doing with the spiritual thing how you're doing with the fruit of the spirit and if you're not doing very well why not go back and connect to the very basic premise of who we are what we are we're, we're we are saved and we're we have a purpose in our lives not to live after the flesh but to live after the spirit to be led of the Spirit, to trust in the Spirit. Stand with me if you would. I put that, this landing gear's been down so long. Whew. I just put it down, didn't see the runway yet. The scripture says, what it means is if the Christian has crucified his flesh, I'm just letting you stretch your legs, I'm gonna let you sit. No, I'm just, I'm joking, I'm done. If the Christian has crucified his flesh, just listen to this and I'll let you go. It is no longer, your flesh is no longer the ruling power of your life. Which, on the contrary, proceeds now from the Holy Spirit. The ruling power of your life, when you receive the Holy Ghost, transfers to the Holy Spirit. You believe that? Which is the power opposed to the flesh. That's why Paul describes it as a war, it's a battle your flesh didn't literally die it has to spiritually die and the obligation thence arising is that the conduct this is what the this is the fruit of the spirit we talk about the fruit we got the spirit but what about the fruit we believe but what about the fruit we've, we've got the premise down, but what about the fruit you with me here The paradigm's there. We believe in God. That's not the issue. We've received the Holy Ghost. That's not the issue. But what about the fruit? The fruit is about the conduct. So, the conduct also of the Christian should correspond to this principle of life. We used to say, you got to live what you believe. You got to walk it and not just talk it. You got to walk what you talk. Otherwise, what a self contradiction would we exhibit to say, yes, I believe every word of that Bible, but I don't live every word of that Bible. I believe you should love, but I don't, I'm not very loving. I, should, I believe you should be long-suffering, but I'm not very long-suffering. I believe in gentleness, but I'm not very gentle. So I ask us again, how are we doing? Don't panic. Don't run off to another church just because I'm getting on you a little bit tonight and you may go home and do a little checklist. Say, I, you know, I'm, I real, He made me feel pretty bad. That's not my point, not to make you feel bad. Folks, if we really believe we're in the last days and we are, if we really believe that the Lord's going to use us to reach this harvest and he is. We better get spiritual. Amen. We better get rid of some of this junk. So, so how much time have you spent this week in flesh-killing activities? How much time are you spending in prayer? How much time are you spend fasting? How much time are you spending in the Word of God? Amen. You gotta purposely do this. I'm going to get in the word. My flesh doesn't want to, but the spirit's driving me now. I got I'm going to go to church. I'm going to go to Bible study. My flesh is tired, but I need I need I, the spirit's drawing me. Amen. got to get in prayer got to get in the Bible got to get into fasting got to get in prayer got to get in the Bible got to get in fasting Lord I love you and I thank you for your church I thank you for their wonderful people God we want to draw closer we do we want to we want to be spiritual people we want the fruit of the Spirit I prophesy over this church that the fruit of the Spirit is active in this church now God that it will come forth it will spring forth we're spirit filled now let the fruit of the Spirit in all of its fullness manifest in our our lives I pray God that you would show us things that we need to see in ourselves that we would be able to draw close to you to be what you've called us to be for Lord we are not randomly going through this life in purposeless ways but Lord you have called us out of darkness and into your marvelous light there's a purpose in our lives and God we can only do that as we are in your spirit so I pray for your church tonight in the name of Jesus and we give you the praise and the glory and everybody said amen Amen. I would really appreciate if you would uh pray for my Uncle Keith Hunt, who is fighting for his life even at this moment. They've did two stints um Monday. Uh he uh threw a blood clot Monday night, cardiac arrest. They did um he he coded twice, they did CPR two times, five minutes one time 17 minutes another time, they got him stable put him on life support and all that stuff and uh, given him a chance to bounce back and then today just before I came to church I was getting text that he's coded again and uh, was down for about 45 minutes and they got him stable enough to go to the cath lab would you pray with him for me uh, or pray for him with me right now, Father we know you're a healer, I pray for my uncle Keith right now in the name of Jesus we speak healing into his body do a miracle right now God That only you are able to do We speak that right now over his situation God be with the doctors And all those that are tending to him In the name of Jesus We give you the praise and we give you the glory Amen 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 Hallelujah Thank you so much God bless you, we love you Sunday 10am is our next service Remember next Wednesday is our all church meeting